0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast with our After the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. I'm Reema Farhan, and I'm the junior editor here at EM360 and your host on this podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Peter Ruffley, the founder of Zyzo Software. Peter has over 40 years of broad experience in the IT industry, including working with some of the biggest data technologies such as Oracle and IBM. Today, Peter is the founder of Zizo Software. With a keen interest in cloud analytic technologies, Peter understood the move to cloud analytics underway and assembled a team to create a new type of technology suited to deliver big data analytics and patent database services at scale in the cloud. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Peter.
1: Thank you. Really glad to be here, Rima.
0: Wonderful. So Peter is joining us to talk about the shortfalls associated with Internet of Things and how businesses can best monetize on data. So let's go ahead and find out his thoughts on the matter. So Peter, there's been widespread conversation suggesting that IoT hasn't actually delivered on its promises. Could you walk us through what these promises are and how IoT is falling short in making them a reality?
1: I think, first of all, it's fair to say that when IoT started, it was very much as a, a kind of look into the future. The fact that devices could be connected to the internet at all was thought to be a very exciting and fascinating thing. But I think very quickly after that, you have to move to the stage of saying, okay, just because we can do something, why should we do it? And it was at that point that I think the whole IoT movement began to run into trouble. I'll give you two examples of why that is. The first example, I think, is the very, very futuristic idea of your fridge being connected to the internet. Now, that sounds like a very good idea because you could, in fact, make your own uh, rules for provisioning your groceries. But the first thing you have to remember is that people already do that. People are already on- doing online shopping. They have their automatic refresh lists already in place. There are lots of things and mechanisms that already do that. So why would the IoT version of that be any better? Now, the second example of this is the introduction of smart meters. We have seen the electricity companies spend an absolute fortune on installing smart meters. And the idea was that if you could see how much electricity that you were using, that this would give you important feedback to control your energy consumption. But in fact, that's not what happened. What you need to do in order to give insights to people is you have to put data into context and make it information. If you don't do that, then it's meaningless. So the idea was that you could, for example, say that people who are using electricity, you could get feedback from your smart meter saying, you are using more electricity than anybody else on your street. But if it happens that you're a mother with young children and you're at home all day and running the washing machine all the time with the heating and everybody else is at work, then it's not a meaningful comparison. So in order for that data that you're getting from your IoT meter to be put into meaningful information, You have to gather all kinds of other data, which is who lives in the houses, what are the households like, whether their energy consumption should be like yours or not. And if you don't do that, then all the data that you're collecting doesn't mean anything. Now, that example is really what's happened across a lot of IoT initiatives, that there was no thought put into how you were actually going to do that. And I think when you look at the movements now, in iot they're much more focused at actually achieving very specific things rather than just providing general information so really it was not so much a failure of technology it was a failure of planning in how you were actually going to make something really happen as opposed to just collect more data
0: I think that sort of brought us back down to earth a little bit, I suppose. So in light of the fact that IoT is actually yet to live up to its expectations, what do you think this means for future applications? How do we move forward?
1: I agree with you about bringing everybody back to earth. I feel like I want to say I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. (laughs) Yes. But unfortunately, there are some rules here which you cannot get away from. And what you're going to find is that the amount of money that it takes to collect and process data may outweigh the value of the data that you're collecting. So when you are actually putting a mechanism in place to collect data, you're going to have to make a business case, first of all, to see whether or not it's worthwhile. So what's happening now is you're seeing the growth of edge computing, and this is specifically because The amount of money that it takes to transport data from one place to a central place and then store it in that central place is actually quite prohibitive so what you're seeing now is that people are being much more specific about where they're going to collect data what they're going to do with it at the point of collection to minimize the amount of data traffic that they're actually creating so we're dealing with a company at the moment which is being financed in the states to build miniature data centers actually around phone masts so that data is collected right on site where it's actually being produced and then processing is being done on that site right there and then so that only the minimal amount of data is then transmitted to a central hub for analysis. So we've kind of moved almost immediately from the, let's just collect a load of data from everything to very, very specific physical ways in which we're going to achieve that to actually minimize the cost of doing it. So what you're going to see from now on is that people are going to be much, much more controlled about what, how, and when they're going to collect data and process it. So I think for future applications, we are going to see it. You're going to see a lot of these things happen, but things where you're collecting very, very low-value data, for example, traffic movements at traffic lights, while that might be a valuable data for road planning, traffic management, and all these types of things, the actual value of that data itself It's very, very low. So the amount of money that you can put into actually collecting and doing it is going to be very restricted. So it's kind of a whole big reality check on we'll just collect all data from any source and then we'll do something with it to a much more focused approach to the whole thing.
0: For sure. I think data habits have just become a lot more streamlined as we sort of get to know what we need a bit better and become more aware of how much we're spending, really. But I would say that 5G is quite parallel to IoT in terms of high expectations. And I think a lot of people are very excited about the synergy between the two. But what do you think the impact of 5G will be on the problems that we encounter
1: with IoT? Yes, that's a very good question, isn't it? After the previous Gs that we've had, three and four, I think the thing is that 5G will certainly allow the much bigger growth of what we're calling low latency IoT, which is where you've got very very small devices collecting data spasmodically this is from things like your fitbit data you know this is a classic example of where this is going to be used where you're actually having personal monitor data being collected 5g is definitely going to help with that and there's going to be a lot more scope for collecting that sort of data where you've got large amounts of data being regularly produced but again although it might be very valuable to you in keeping up your treadmill working your number of steps, it doesn't have a lot of commercial value. So I think 5G is definitely going to help with that. But I don't see initially that there's going to be a huge uptake of big nationwide programs like that. I can see the sort of thing that we've come across where 5G will help is where we've got one company that has personal monitors attached to people which shows that the amount of gas that they're being exposed to this can be co2 methane all the sorts of gases that you might come across in industrial processing and what you need to have with that data is personal data gps data and other data which shows you shift patterns when you've been at work in order to monetize it and make sense out of it so 5g will help it will help but you have to remember that 5G initially is going to be very restricted and it's going to need its own infrastructure of actual nodes to do its bit and do its work. So this is going to be a gradual and a complex rollout and I don't think it's going to be initially a great step forward in terms of making IoT do something.
0: For sure. I think it's all those situations where as much as we're excited, we've just got to sit tight and see what happens. But of course, even with its shortcomings, IoT does allow companies to capture more data than ever, which is really great for those who are looking to become more insights driven. But surely this will lead to huge volumes of contextless data and a data hoarding culture among organizations. So what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, as you said, the data hoarding culture, that's something that was in a way a little bit dispelled by the whole gdpr thing where people suddenly became very nervous about the liabilities of keeping large amounts of data just in case anybody was to accidentally you know do something with it let it out of the bag or and so forth so there's been a bit of a change to the data hoarding culture and i also think that in terms of creating great data lakes there's been a a, a kind of a, a reaction against what was the hadoop based type of culture where people did just collect huge amounts of data and then found it virtually impossible to process it and make any sense out of it. So I think really what needs to happen rather than what's going to happen is this. People are going to have to really focus on what they're trying to achieve before they start the whole business of just collecting data. And there are some things that they're going to have to do. The the first thing is, you're going to have to put that data at the point that you collect it into the structure that it needs to be to effectively process it. If you're just going to collect data, you're just going to end up with a morass of data, which, when you try and impose some meaningful structure on it, is simply going to be too expensive and too difficult to do that to a vast amount of data. So I'm afraid the first thing you're going to have to do is to structure that data. And then the other things that you're going to have to do in terms of unlocking value is you're going to have to point some proper technology at it. And again, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm going to be. (laughs) The idea, I'd call it the idea, I think maybe the delusion that we've had over the last 40 years That if we just put a big enough and powerful enough computer and point it at the data then it will give us some original insights right off its own bat now unfortunately we're not there we're not at that situation right now with computing what you're going to have to do is to point some technology at that data which looks for places in that data where there is some kind of commonality, where there are potentially some insights to be gained. Now, for example, we use a technique called data landscaping, which, if you like, looks at a whole field of data and displays it in such a way of peaks and troughs. And the peaks are where there is some commonality between data where you might find some insights by doing some more analysis. The idea that you can just process every piece of data with every other piece of data, and eventually the computer will just come up with an answer, is simply not going to happen. As the technology exists right now, the processing loads are too big. The amount of data is too big to actually achieve that. So in terms of using AI in this, there's a stage where you have to go through after you've structured the data to actually point technology which looks at that data and does some initial work, if you like, and looking for points of interest, you're going to have to apply some intelligence to it. Unfortunately, the idea that it's a human-less process is just not true. You are still going to have to apply intelligence and make some decisions about what parts of the data that you're going to have to analyse. But having said all that, The technology does exist now to do processing, to gather large amounts of data together at the edge, process it before you transmit it to a larger hub for further processing. And all this means that there is actually a way in which the processing that you need to do can be achieved at a price point that makes sense to do it. And that's the main thing. So I think that the IoT thing is definitely going to carry on. There are definitely many, many applications for it, but the way in which it's got to be done is in a much more structured and a much more, if you like, human controlled way than I think people think it is right now.
0: Peter, I really don't think you need to worry about being the bearer of bad news because there's some great advice there and that can only be a good thing. So leads me on to my final question. So as promised to our audience in the intro, who I'm sure are dying to know, how can companies unlock untapped value from their data and better monetize on it?
1: The thing there is, is uh, it's a combination of all the things that I've said. The, the, the best thing that you can do with the data is to actively structure and process it at the point where you collect it. When you collect that data, the point at which you collect it, it never gets any better than that. The decisions that you make about that data need to be made immediately because the currency of the data is what is most important about the data. The currency and the quality of the data are at the best at the point at which you collect it. You need to do that straight away. You need to structure it, you need to evaluate it, and you need to begin to decide whether or not that is actually giving you business value. Now, the corollary of this is that you must have an idea of the business value that you're looking for. The way that we've seen and the way that we still see vast amounts of money being wasted is that people decide how they're going to store the data, how they're going to collect it, where they're going to put it, they never think, in my opinion, enough about why are you doing it at all? What is the potential value? Who is your customer for the information? And remember, it has to be information, not data. Who's the customer for the information that you're creating from this data? Do you have all the data that you need to create all the information that you need to make collecting this data a worthwhile idea if you can't establish that as a paper exercise then it isn't worth doing as a computing exercise it's as simple as that i
0: think there's lots of food for thought there so peter thank you so much for your insights today it's been really really great speaking with you
1: Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it.
0: Also, thank you to everyone listening and make sure you go and subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Play or wherever you get your podcast needs. We'll be back next week with another RC Expert podcast. But thank you once again to Peter and we'll see you all back here soon. You've been listening to the EM360 Podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com.